to this week's Money Metals podcast, helping gold and silver investors during these turbulent times. Now, this week's market wrap with commentary and analysis from Money Metals Exchange, the company named best overall precious metals dealer by Investopedia. Welcome to this week's Market Wrap Podcast. I'm Mike Leeson. In this special year-end Market Wrap Podcast, we'll look back at the year that was in metals markets. We'll also look ahead to what could drive gold and silver prices in 2024. And finally, don't miss Mike Meharry's conversation with J.P. Cortez regarding the release of the Sound Money Index, as well as Money Metals' ongoing efforts across America to promote sound money legislation. On this final trading week of 2023, gold is set to put in its highest ever annual close. Spot prices currently check in at $2,076 per ounce. That's good for a weekly gain of 0.6% and an annual gain of 13.3%, the yellow metal's best year since 2020. The gold price has been capped at around the $2,100 level since trading just shy of it in May. Whenever prices threaten to break out, institutional sell orders on futures exchanges come rolling in. So it comes as no surprise that the gold market ends the year right near that key resistance level. The big question is whether the paper gold sellers will be able to hold the line in the new year. Turning to silver, prices are off 1.1% this week to trade at $24.11 an ounce. For the year, the poor man's gold is down an ever so slight 0.4%. Platinum has underperformed most of 2024, although it is rebounding strongly here in the final two months of the year. Platinum is putting together a weekly advance of 2.2% to trade at $1,011 for the year. Platinum is off 7.5%. The worst performing precious metal of 2023 has been palladium. It's down another 7.8% this week to bring its total losses for 2023 to 38.1%, although the industrial metal is off the sub-$1,000 lows seen earlier this month. Palladium checks in today at $11,045 as of this Friday midday recording. Contrarians are eyeing opportunities in palladium, platinum, as well as silver in 2024. Each of these white metals face chronic supply deficits as mines struggle to grow or even maintain production. The world's number one producer of silver is Mexico. However, mining output there is falling precipitously. Silver production is down nearly 25% over the past two years. Meanwhile, average all-in sustaining costs of production for silver miners is approaching $25 per ounce. They have little incentive to invest in new development in the absence of higher prices. They may instead prefer to hunker down and wait for market conditions to improve. That means silver supplies could be crimped in the coming year. Platinum and palladium also face a precarious supply outlook. The primary source of platinum group metals is South Africa. The country is turning into a basket case under a corrupt socialist regime. South Africa's electricity infrastructure is failing and investors are bailing. Consequently, the mining industry there is under duress. Platinum and palladium are expected to post huge supply deficits in 2024. As for gold, it will likely take its cues from interest rates and monetary policy. In recent weeks, expectations have risen for rate cuts in 2024. If the Fed follows through, that should pressure the U.S. dollar lower. Of course, 2024 is a presidential election year, and the stakes could be even higher for America's constitutional republic than they were in 2020. Amid polling that shows President Joe Biden in poor shape, 
Democrat activists are using state legislatures and courts to try to disenfranchise Republican voters, supporters of Donald Trump in particular. Another perceived effort to steal the election could ignite a civil war. Even if it doesn't come to that, the level of partisan acrimony in Washington will likely bring more budget brinksmanship and more dysfunction. And regardless of who wins the election, the national debt will continue to grow unabated. As a consequence, the currency supply will have to keep growing as well. In other words, inflation pressures will remain in place and could accelerate. All in all, some favorable forces appear to be lining up for metals in 2024. And now let's go straight to our special interview. I'm Mike Meharry. I am a financial analyst and journalist for Money Metals. And I am here today with J.P. Cortez, who is the executive director of the Sound Money Defense League. How are you doing, J.P.? Hey, Mike. I'm doing well. Thank you so much for having me on. Well, you're welcome. I'm great. Uh, I'm great. Of course, I'm great. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about this because uh, you guys just released the Sound Money Index for 2024. And uh very cool stuff there. But before we get into that, I would like for you to kind of give the audience a simple explanation. What do we even mean by sound money? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, so what we mean here, uh, we're talking about money that is subject to market forces and retains its purchasing power long term. So this would be in the tradition or in the tradition of a Hayek or a Mises or a Rothbard. Um, the U.S. Constitution obviously explicitly uh, declares gold and silver money. In Article 1, Section 10, it says no state shall make anything but gold and silver coin a tender in the payment of debts. Um, so uh, along with it being literally written into our, our firmware, our, our American software code, it also presents two unique value propositions. The first reason why sound money is important is because it protects capital and it creates stability. Um, individuals and civilizations can thrive when sound money is instituted because uncertainty is reduced. Right? The 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 rich world that we live in today did not happen by accident. This was this was several generations uh, working extremely hard and accumulating wealth and and then diverting or, or uh, spreading that wealth. Uh, through different infrastructure, through uh, different things that we need to live a, a, pro a prosperous society the way we do today. Um, the second thing is that sound money acts as a bulwark against big government. This is a, a protection, a guardrail that uh, handcuffs. It, it provides, it places golden shackles on a government that would otherwise uh, spend recklessly. Um, and so, you know, the, the kind of Mises tradition that we're talking about, Mises famously said in Theory, theory of Money and Credit, um, this great quote that is, uh, you know, the classic, the classical or orthodox gold standard alone is a truly effective check on the power of government to inflate the currency. Without such a check, all the other constitutional safeguards can be rendered vain. Along with your right to assemble, your right to to bear arms, uh, your your right to uh, your right against self-incrimination, along with all of these constitutional and important rights, sound money is right up there among those. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a great explanation. And, you know, it's kind of sad because we've evolved to the point today where the Federal Reserve basically has a monopoly on money. Gold and silver became money over history uh, through market forces. You know, the people chose gold and silver to be money for a number of reasons. We we won't get into all of that here. But um, but that's it, but Mike, that's such an important point right there. Money is not is not brought brought down by edict 
or right. by uh, by congressional declaration. No executive order can make something that isn't money money. And we're right. seeing that play out in the market today. Yeah. So now we have the Fed, and it essentially operates as a monopoly on money. And we've seen the results of it. I mean, you know, the inflation, price inflation that we've suffered through over the last couple of years, it, it's, it's a uh, direct effect of the reckless money printing that is possible because we have a fiat currency that's totally controlled by the government. So that kind of brings us to to the uh, the the point of our conversation today. The federal government, you know, they're not going to release that monopoly willingly, right? We talk about in the Fed, and that would be great. But, you know, Congress isn't going to wake up one day and say, well, let's get rid of this central bank that's mm -hmm. allowing us to borrow and spend to infinity. And what we're seeing now is we're starting to see some some things going on at the state level uh, to encourage sound money and, and to at least kind of reestablish that, that competition for currency and maybe at some point undermine the Fed's monopoly. And so that's kind of what the Sound Money Index is about. And uh, just released the, the new edition. And can you just kind of explain like what it is? I know it involves the states and, and the way they kind of handle money uh, in, in their legal structure. But what does the Sound Money Index tell us? It, it tells us a lot of things, honestly. Uh, so like you said, the Sound Money Index is a, a yearly scorecard that we put out every year. This is the seventh year that that we've done this scorecard. Um, the Sound Money Defense League, in partnership with Money Metals Exchange, releases this report card every year that ranks all 50 states using this year we have uh, 14 different criteria to determine which state provided the best pro-sound money state or the most anti-sound money state based on the legislation that they've passed or haven't passed so far. Um, so this is a, a report, again, that we that we put out every year. And the tops and the bottoms over, over these seven years, you've seen them move so much as states increasingly introduce and pass legislation that promotes a more pro sound money environment. Um, so in this year's uh, this year's criteria, we're, we're ranking these states using a number of different factors, including the sales tax on precious metals and income tax, uh, the state's general uh, average tax rates, um, whether or not the state imposes a gross revenue tax, uh, if the state has reaffirmed gold and silver as money, or if the state has, for example, uh, invested state funds in reserve funds or pension funds in physical gold and silver held within the state. Um, there's also criteria that... Um, that look at whether a state has established an in-state depository or what the onerous laws are like on precious metals dealers in the state trying to operate. Um, so this is a very robust and sort of very full-fledged uh, index that covers a lot of topics. Um, this year, the, the top uh, has has shifted. The, the top five states on this year's index are Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, New Hampshire, and Arkansas. Uh, while the bottom five states, Vermont, New Jersey, Maine, Minnesota, and California, are states that have failed to, in many cases, introduce legislation like this and definitely failed to pass it. Yeah, it's interesting looking at the the rankings, and and you mentioned those top states. What what are what are they doing right? Like how what can you do to uh, if if you're in a state and you want your state to be among those top? What what are the things that Wyoming, South Dakota, Alaska, New Hampshire, Arkansas? What are they doing right? Well, they're passing legislation to remove the biggest issue that keeps us from using gold and silver as money, 
and that's the taxes, the mm. friction into and out of the US dollar and into and out of gold and silver is what keeps us from using gold and silver as money. So states have been proactive about this. Uh, Wyoming in, I believe, 2018, we passed legislation in Wyoming to eliminate all tax liability on gold and silver. This is a state that already didn't have a capital gains tax, mm -hmm. but that went ahead and proactively removed its sales tax and says that any other taxes that, that may be new or that may be one day imposed on the citizens of Wyoming Gold and silver are exempt from those. It, so it preempts the taxes that don't even exist yet. Um, on top of that, these are states that have low rates of taxation. Um, in, uh, in Arkansas's case, um, these are states that have reaffirmed gold and silver as money and offered contractual protections so that contracts denominated in gold and silver must be paid in gold and silver, not a substitute like the U.S. Federal Reserve note. Right. Um, so these are states that have that have proactively reduced taxes, removed taxes, removed frictions, removed uh, onerous regulations and other barriers to people using gold and silver as money. That's fantastic. And the, and the flip side of that, of course, is that these states at the bottom, these are states that have done the opposite. States that in some cases haven't even introduced good legislation, certainly haven't passed it. Mm -hmm. um, in Vermont, New Jersey, Maine, these are states that have been active battle states for the Sound Money Defense League for years, uh, some of which has, has included novella-like uh, drama where you know uh, legislators are being pulled into the back room or being talked to over the weekend about how they're voting incorrectly and that the the primary party in that state determines how people should vote and these people are voting against what the party says. So there's been uh, power struggles and there's been political drama all over these issues as states continue to wake up to the idea that this is really important. Yeah. And, you know, I guess that's politics, right? You have to mm -hmm. you have to do the fight. But I think it's interesting because really what what you're talking about, if, if I'm understanding correctly, you can correct me if I'm wrong. But as, as states do this, as they lower taxes uh, and and kind of elevate sound money, in effect, they're they're opening up the market. Right. They're giving people the opportunity to use gold and silver as money uh, and also as as a wealth preserver in these inflationary times because obviously if you if you're imposing cost on that it makes it more difficult to do but i think it's important to note that really it's important these laws can be passed but they don't really mean anything unless people take action right we need human action to take advantage of the environment in these states and, and kind of uh, push the issue forward and actually utilize sound money. That's where the real, the kind of rubber meets the road, don't you think? Oh yeah, I am in total agreement with you, and we see it every day. It's so it's so heartening to see innovations in money, mm -hmm. right? So we're talking about the entire crypto space, which shows a lot of promise, and who right. knows what'll come out of there. But these are innovations. These are smart people that are devoting time and money to figuring out how to fix America's broken money. Yeah. On the gold side, we have fractional gold, unlike we've mm -hmm. ever seen before. We've got, uh, you know, goals with or excuse me, bills with gold inlaying in them in yeah. some cases. Some of the innovation happening on the gold and silver side, as well as on the crypto side is is really heartening. And so these these pieces of legislation, you're right. We're not talking about creating money here necessarily, but we are what we are talking about is removing the barriers and removing all of the disincentives standing in the way of smart people continuing to move forward and create innovation within money. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's fantastic. A great way of putting it. So looking at this year's report and kind of comparing it to 2023, uh, I noticed that there's a couple of states, you mentioned this, that really moved up in the rankings. Uh, look, up, look at Arkansas. They went from, uh, looks like, number 30 in 2022. Now they're number five. And then we have Mississippi, and they jumped from 43rd, so almost at the bottom, all the way up to 16th. What mm -hmm. did specifically Arkansas and Mississippi do to kind of to make that big run up the states? And, and, you know, if you're in one of those bottom states, what can you encourage your state legislatures to do? Yeah, these are two case studies of states that have worked the process over years and through incredible grassroots, uh, through immense grassroots pressure, we have applied on the legislature. You know, that is how policy gets passed. So in Arkansas's case, this is a state that for many years we'd been in there uh, trying to remove a sales tax at first. Um, and in 2021, we finally removed the sales tax on precious metals in Arkansas on purchases. This year, a bigger bill, a more widespread and far reaching bill was introduced and then passed. Mm. Using the momentum that we gained in 2021, this year a bill was passed to remove all tax liability on gold and silver. Similar to what I said earlier about Wyoming, this is a state that has removed all of the taxes that exist on the metals and has preempted any future taxes that may be imposed in the future. Right. It's also a bill that um, reaffirmed gold and silver as legal tender, which also offers the, the, the value in that is the specific performance. If you and I write a contract that says that you are to be paid in gold and silver, and I decide, no, I want to pay you in dollars, the language in this bill makes it to where Arkansas courts can say, no, the U.S. dollar, the U.S. Federal Reserve note is not an acceptable substitute for gold and silver. This wow. contract is denominated in gold and silver. It will be paid in gold and silver. Uh, and wow. so that's, yeah, that's a really important um, strengthening of the enforcement of gold clause contracts, which were much more common um, 100 years ago. Mm -hmm. um, in Mississippi's case, this is another another case where for seven years we've been working that legislature, trying to get hearings, trying to remove just the sales tax. This year, after several meetings with the legislatures and sponsors and caucuses and different members of the legislature, we finally got this bill passed to remove the sales tax. So Mississippi became the 43rd state in the country to end the sales tax. This bill is just the beginning. In Mississippi already this year was already a similar tax liability bill, which is to remove all tax liability. Capital gains would be included in that oh, wow. importantly yeah. as well. Um, and so now broad, broader sweeping bills are starting to be introduced in Mississippi based on the – because of the the immense grassroots pressure and the the – the great movement that we have going forward there in that state. So these are two states that have been case studies on how important the grassroots pressure hearings, legislators hearing from the people in the state makes all the difference in the world. Yeah. Um, and so that's been a key part to our strategy and an invaluable part to the strategy. Absolutely. You make a really good strategic point, too. Uh, Thomas Jefferson once said that the ground of liberty is to be gained by inches. Mm -hmm. And we saw this play out in Arkansas, where it started with a relatively small step forward mm -hmm. in just getting rid of the sales tax. And then that foundation was set. And then the grassroots was able to build on that and uh, pass a more far-reaching bill in uh, 2023. And then we just saw Mississippi 
they took the small step and now we have the opportunity to kind of build off of that. So mm -hmm. I think a lot of times people that are in political activism, you know, they want to do everything at once. And I mean, obviously, I'd love to do everything at once, too. But from a strategic standpoint, sometimes you have to take those small steps and then build on them, as, as Jefferson said. So what are some other states that um, made improvements in the uh, most recent legislative session? Arkansas and Mississippi are going to be the primary ones, the ones that move the most. Um, but that wasn't it as far as sound money legislative victories in 2023. Um, in Florida, I'm happy to say we passed uh, HB 737. This is a bill that removes some of the restrictions on dealers. Mm -hmm. um, in, in many states, there are laws that say that um, dealers uh, are not allowed to transact in cash or that if someone comes and sells you an item, you have to you have to write down and keep track of all sorts of personal information of the person who sold you this item. And it's not just that. At the end of the day, you have to upload all of this information into a police database. Right. And who knows what they're doing with it? <laughs> exactly. So, so removing some of those uh, some of those laws that, and regulations that harass dealers um, in their state. Florida passed legislation like that. Um, in Tennessee, we passed uh, a bill this year, or two bills, Senate Bill 519 and House Bill 1479. These are bills, just like we were saying, uh, a state that has slowly worked its way along the process, where last year we finally passed a sales tax exemption. This year, we passed a bill that authorizes the state treasurer to invest physical to invest state funds in physical gold and silver that's a huge deal yeah. these states have uh have balance sheets full of risky etfs and, mm -hmm. and mutual bonds funds and, and yeah. bonds and all sorts of third world debt and many of them don't own a single ounce of gold to their name so this was a very big deal uh happening in tennessee and other states are starting to to introduce and pass legislation like this um seeing seeing the success that we've had in tennessee um and then lastly in louisiana we won a defensive battle. Um, tax revenue hungry politicians are always going to want that tax revenue. And so when they see that gold and silver are exempt from sales tax, they see dollar signs. Yep. And so they're introducing legislation to uh, repeal the exemption that, that we helped pass. And this year, fortunately, because of the grassroots pressure, that uh, it was a it was an omnibus bill that repealed hundreds of exemptions across Louisiana's tax code. Only one was edited out after hearing from people in the state. And that was the gold and silver sales tax exemption. That's fantastic. I, I really like that that approach from Tennessee as well. You know, that's what we generally tell individual investors. So you want a diversified portfolio. Mm -hmm. And I think most uh, good financial advisors would agree holding at least some precious metals in your portfolio is, is good. You know, it's an it's a hedge. And so why shouldn't states do the same thing? You know, why should they face the risk of depreciating dollar assets? Uh, I really think that's a that's a good uh, approach. And hopefully Tennessee will use that uh, to their advantage and actually make the move to start investing in some gold and silver. So we're getting into the 2024 legislation, the legislative session here real soon. Most state legislatures convene in January mm -hmm. and uh, their sessions tend to run through spring. So I guess you're about to get really, really busy. Uh, but there are some state assemblies that work year round. And I just saw that there uh, is some significant progress in New Jersey. Uh, can you tell us what's going on over there? Yeah, this is actually uh, 
a, a project that for me is full of excitement. You know, New Jersey is not exactly known right. as a state that regularly repeals taxes. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a, a democratic controlled, uh, both chambers are democratically controlled and a democratic governor. Mm-hmm. Um, so New Jersey is one of only six states in the country that still, or excuse me, seven states in the country that still taxes precious metals. Right. Um, we have worked to introduce legislation to end this tax over a couple of years. Unfortunately, we never received the hearing until this summer, uh, mm-hmm. where we finally received a hearing in the assembly. It passed out of the assembly committee unanimously, and then it was heard by the assembly and voted again unanimously 74 to zero in favor of ending the sales tax. Um, That was over the summer. Uh, Things slowed down for a little bit. And then last week, uh, before the Senate Budget and Appropriations Committee, we were scheduled for another hearing. Um, I was actually on the ground. I went and testified in favor of the bill Mm -hmm. um, in Trenton last week. Um, And I'm happy to say that before the committee, uh, we received another unanimous vote, 13 to 0, in favor of this measure. So the the we're moving along the process now. All that's left is is to vote by the full Senate. Um, hopefully that will come in early January, and then ideally the governor signs the bill into law. Um, so this would be a huge win. Uh, this is a state that is completely surrounded by states that have ended the sales tax on precious metals. So they're losing industry and tax dollars. Right. People are leaving the state to buy precious metals. People are leaving the state to open precious metals businesses. Um, it also gives people another opportunity or another avenue to save their wealth. In New Jersey's case, stocks, bonds, ETFs, mutual funds, real estate, none of these assets are levied a sales tax when you purchase them. That's because there's a capital gains tax on the back end because Mm -hmm. they're assets held for resale. Gold and silver are the same. And so in in a in an environment where home ownership is becoming ever increasingly out of reach and people are running out of options where they can save their money and and be confident that the value of their dollar will hold removing precious metals uh, removing sales tax from the purchase of precious metals would be a huge win for new jersey savers and investors and it's looking like that's going to happen yeah you know the thing that really surprised i mean as you said it's a little bit surprising to see something like this moving in New Jersey to start with. But the lopsided votes in favor of repealing this mm-hmm. tax are what really surprised uh, surprised me. And as you mentioned, 74 to nothing in the assembly. Uh, you don't see a lot of unanimous votes in for anything mm-hmm. in a uh, in a legislature. So that's really uh, op- makes me feel optimistic. And uh, if we see a similar vote in the Senate, then, I mean, the governor's he's it's a veto proof uh, majority. So uh Good reason to be optimistic there. And, you know, you kind of yeah. hit on something and we're I guess we're getting closer to to wrapping up in terms of time. But um, I wanted to make a point that you've made. And I've often used this when I talk to people about uh, the sound money policy. You know, in effect, what these states are doing that still insist on levying taxes is they're taxing money. And you've used this uh, analogy in uh, testimony that you've given before state legislatures, and I love it. If if you walked into a bank, and you know you're going to go change uh, a five dollar bill for five ones, imagine if they charged you a tax to do that. Mm-hmm. In in effect, that's what they're doing with taxation on precious metal bullion, which is in fact money. It's been money, you know, gold's been money for 5,000 years. Um, and and I think that's a really good point to make. It's it's not only bad policy, it's not only pragmatically bad, there's utilitarian reasons, it's just dumb, don't you think? 
Absolutely. You are completely right. And so taxing the exchange of $1 for four quarters would be asinine. We would right. all know that. But for some reason, there are still a couple of states in the union who, who insist on taxing this exchange. I think for me, the New Jersey, the progress we've had in New Jersey, and even in other states, for example, in, in Hawaii, several years back, we, we passed legislation out of several committees before ultimately getting clipped by the end of the legislature. Mm -hmm. But there are what would, you know, quote unquote, be called blue states that are still passing legislation that are that are still actively moving sound money legislation along the process, which tells me that sound money is not a partisan issue. Yes. You know, everyone, everyone is equally, maybe not equally, but everyone is harmed by the devaluation of the dollar, right? This isn't, this isn't red and blue. This isn't right. a Republican and Democrat. Everyone is harmed by this. And so states, it's no longer a partisan issue. Um, I'm happy to say that I, I, these days, I feel just as confident walking into a deep blue state and trying mm -hmm. to get sound money legislation passed as I do in some of the deep red states. Yeah. So let's wrap up on this one as we move into 2024 and we start kicking off state legislatures here uh, in the next few weeks. Where do you see uh, some, some hope for progress uh, in the next session? I'm very excited about 2024. Um, in 2023, this past year, we were in 25 states that introduced 50 different pieces of legislation that do a variety of different things, um, and you know, several of which passed these this, these pieces of legislation. So I'm very hopeful that all across the country, um, legislative projects like this are going to be introduced um, in in specifically. Vermont is a target state for us. New Jersey, Maine, of the seven states that remain, five of them have introduced legislation to end the sales tax. Several more have introduced legislation to end the income tax, the capital gains when you sell the metals. Right. Um, so on, on top of that, states are introducing uh, depository bills. They're mm -hmm. introducing pension fund reserve bills. Uh, it, it is very exciting to see legislatively how this movement has snowballed into something at a time where inflation is, you know, it's dinner table conversation and yep. it is it's something that everyone feels, you know, that states are being proactive about passing legislation like this, that people in the state, that grassroots people are applying pressure to their legislature. I am so hopeful for 2024 and I expect another good year of, of sound money legislation moving forward. That's exciting. So let people know where can they track your work? Where can they find the uh, the Sound Money Index and uh, all the stuff that they need to know to get involved in this issue? Yeah. So the Sound Money Defense League, you can go to the, check out our website, soundmoneydefense.org. Um, Money Metals Exchange, also uh, the in collaboration, published the um, the index. So you can find the index there as well, moneymetals.com. Uh, my name is JP Cortez. My Twitter is at jpcortez27. Uh, I regularly post legislative updates. If there are any upcoming votes or hearings, I am um, I'm pretty on top of making sure the news gets out. Um, also on the Sound Money Defense League's homepage, there is an email sign up list. Um, we ask you to put in your email and your zip code. That way we um, we segment our list so that if there is something happening in your state, uh, we send out state-specific uh, hearing alerts and mm. key members of the legislature to contact uh, with their contact information. Um, so if you're interested, if you're in one of these states, please make sure that you're signing up um, for the email list to make sure you're getting uh, you know the most up-to-date um, updates and news alerts on sound money legislation happening in your state.
Outstanding. And I can't emphasize this enough, having done a little bit of legislative policy work myself. Don't underestimate the power of your phone call or your mm-hmm. email to your state representative and your state senator. It's not like calling Congress. You, know, you call Congress, you talk to an intern, you, you don't know that your congressman ever even got the message and you get a form email back. Mm-hmm. State legislatures are very different. And these folks are not used to getting a bunch of phone calls on a specific bill or a specific policy issue. So if they get 10, 20 phone calls on a piece of legislation, it definitely influences them. So get involved and, and take that opportunity. You can take five or 10 minutes and, and make a big difference uh, for uh, the progress of sound money here in the yeah, United absolutely. States. Appreciate the work you're doing, JP. Appreciate you taking the time to chat. And uh, we'll look forward to hearing from you again as we move into the new year. Thanks for having me on, Mike. Yeah, we'll chat soon. Well, that will do it for this week. Be sure to check back next Friday for our first weekly market wrap podcast of 2024. Until then, this has been Mike Leeson with Money Metals Exchange. Thanks for listening. Have a wonderful weekend and happy new year, everybody. Thank you for joining us for this week's Money Metals podcast. Be sure to come back next week and don't forget to subscribe to our podcast through iTunes. For answers to all of your questions, or to discreetly and securely buy or sell gold or silver coins, bars, and rounds, call 1-800-800-1865 or visit www.moneymetals.com. Our knowledgeable and no-pressure specialists are standing by to answer your call during business hours, Monday through Saturday. Or you can lock in your order online, 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Again, visit us at www.moneymetals.com or call 1-800-800-1865.